Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel. This is the show where I get to talk about sports, I get to talk about business, and I get to talk about everything in between. And this is going to be a fun episode. We have our friend Malcolm Lemons back on all the way back from episode 36. Now here for episode 199, Malcolm is the founder of Clarity Sports Group and Clarity Watches. He is the author of Lessons from the Game and his new book that just came out, what, about a month and a half, two months ago, Impact Beyond the Game, both books available now on Amazon. Malcolm, long time no see, man. How you been? Mike, I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. How's everything with you? It is a good day to be alive. As of recording today, it is the first day of football. So I've got a That's couple right. more recordings to do, and then I'm going to sit down in front of my couch. I'm going to drink a beer, and I'm going to watch Patrick Mahomes do his thing. But before that, I get to chat with you a little bit. Now, I don't know. I, I usually don't have people on. Um, I don't have that many recurring guests. I've had a few, as we were just talking about. I've had a few. And my first question to everybody, as you know, is why do you love sports so much? So I don't know a good way to open this up, honestly. So maybe this is something uh, we'll have to hash out some other time because I want to have that, you know, that second, that follow-up question. Right. But I don't know if I have it. So we can just jump right into it. Because one thing that I noticed when doing a little extra research on your book, excited to talk about that, the second book that you have uh, coming out, again, Impact Beyond the Game, available now on Amazon, number one bestseller, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, you're your sports group changed from players point uh, the name of it changed from players point to clarity sports group so i'm kind of curious where where and why did this uh this name change occur in the last what seems like a couple months yeah man so i mean I, i've been you know going through different iterations trying to figure myself out the past couple years and um one word that you know really kind of sticks out to me and and kind of encapsulates everything that i want to want to be and want to find in my life is clarity and so uh, I really, the name just kind of came to me and I, I kind of wanted a fresh start and got to revamp everything that I was doing and really just take 2020 to uh, start from the ground up, so to speak, and just build myself back up in this industry. So uh changed the name a little bit, but still keeping with the same mission, purpose and passion of, you know, empowering and educating and providing resources for athletes. I love that, man. Yeah, I still love the mission. Everything stayed the same except the name. I actually like the name, too. Uh, I think, again, it, it does. Um, I mean, clarity, it's it's a nice word, right? And I also like that you went with clarity with a K, so that one okay. of these days LeBron and uh, Rich Paul are going to come scoop you up from clutch. But until <laughs> then, yeah, we, we'll give you a little bit of time, but until then. Because um, I, I do think it, it's interesting, you know, kind of rebranding. And as you said, with 2020 being a crazy year, I mean, what better time to do it, right? Like there's no host barred. We can take 2020 to the woodshed. We could take it out back and just kind of get rid of it. Hopefully one of these days, but still got a few more months to go until then. So right. I guess what, what, what was that like out of curiosity, right? Like it's one thing to be, you're, you're very um, visible on the internet, very vocal, obviously, again, love the passion behind what you're doing. Was there a little bit of an internal battle kind of with like, oh, now people are not, not I don't want to throw the fraud word around. I think that's a little ridiculous. But but did you have any kind of internal debate with yourself on kind of how the outward world will 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 um, view you kind of changing uh, again? It's just the name. So it's not that big a deal. I, I don't really know how to ask the question, but I think, you know, what you're, I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I think that's a really good question and one I haven't gotten before, but um I would say definitely, definitely, because, you know, people start to recognize and associate mm -hmm. your company's name with you. And, you know, I've, I've kind of had the Players Point brand and, and that image for a number of years. Um, but personally, you know, I'm not afraid to kind of start back over and start from zero because, you know, that's what I came from. I started with nothing. It's not like 
you know, this is a, a family business or something that is has a legacy play behind it. It's something that I started. And if I, you know, feel in my heart, it's the, it's the best thing to revamp and rebrand, um, you know, then that, that's that's what I'm, I'm going to do. And I'm not afraid to start start back over by any means. So um, there was a little bit of internal conflict and, and, and a perception of like, what will people think about the name change? But at the end of the day, um, as long as I'm sticking, you know, with the purpose and, and the reason why I start, I'm starting the brand in the first place, then, you know, that's all that matters to me. A hundred percent. And I think that should, that's the only thing that matter should matter to everybody. Right. I think it, it's pretty important to understand that. Like uh, we, we, we project others onto ourselves sometimes, or, or we project ourselves on, onto others as well. And it's really just that it, it that's insecurities on yourself, right? Like who cares? Yeah. What's the worst they can say? Like, Oh, you changed your name. Yeah. Weird. It's like, okay, cool. That was it. All right. We're done. That was right. easy. Again, we move on. But again, it's still the same passion. It's still the same business. I, I like the name more, honestly. Now I think it is uh, pretty you. damn cool. And again, Clutch is coming for you one of these days. So uh, we won't be talking too much about the business today. Um, if anyone is curious, as I said, Malcolm was my 36th guest on this show way, 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 way back in you know March, uh, only about six months ago, almost to the date too, which is kind of funny. But uh, go check that out. I'll make sure to put the link in the show notes for the podcast as well as anybody out there look at, listening on YouTube as well. Um, so you guys can go check that one out. This one, I wanted to talk about some of the new stuff though, because you got a couple new things going on. Obviously the name change, you're also dabbling in watches too. Yeah. How do you, how, that, that is a very new one I noticed. How did you, where's the watch game come from? Has that always been like a um, passion of yours? Are you a watch guy? Always been passionate. Always. I, I remember the first watch my mom bought me and I, I'm not like an avid watch collector, but I've always worn them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even like, you know, throwing on a nice suit, going into an event or, you know, speaking on a panel. I'm, I'm, if you see any picture, I'm wearing a watch. And so I've always loved them. Um, but it really kind of the mission behind why I wanted to start the brand was more so because of everything that's been going on with the world as far as police brutality, social injustice, and me wanting to make a bigger impact. Um, and to really have a company that stands behind uh, supporting campaigns and initiatives to make you know effective change in the world. And so um, I say we're a social impact company disguised as a watch brand. Uh, so it's really combining that passion, that passion to make it uh, a passion for watches and a, and a a purpose to make a difference in the world and combining those two things to bring you clarity watches. And uh, going back to that word clarity, it's so important to me. And I wanted kind of uh, to align the company with the watch to, to mean something bigger and to really have a why, a strong why behind it. And so, um, you know, being, being in the house, you know, almost 24 seven during COVID, you know, you, you start to, you know, dabble in new projects and this was something that I just wanted to get started and the response has been really good so far. I love that, man. I love it. And if it's something that you're passionate about, something that you've always enjoyed, uh, I know it's kind of more minimalist watches, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. A little bit easier. I, I like those a lot more. I think those gaudy ones that just like too much stuff going on. Too much. Like, it's too yeah. much, man. Like let's let's tone it down. I want it to be a, you know a, pe- a part a piece. It's the piece of the puzzle, right? It's a piece of that suit and everything. It's a piece of your look. It doesn't it doesn't have to be the whole thing. So I think that is pretty cool. And and you know I love. Um, I'm glad you did give the description because I thought it was a, a really great way to do it. And um, uh, forgive me, but I think I have to. It's it's clear that it's time to change. So I do think that um, all that aligns pretty well. Uh, that you really, yeah, I, I love the mission. I love what you're doing. I, the 
the joke clearly doesn't seem like it landed, so I, I apologize there. So I'm going to take that back. But, um, no, I'm glad. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you're doing that again. I love love the rebrand to Clarity. I like how you're also really trying to get into a little bit of accessorizing, but as you said, it's it's really just a front to uh, try and help and help, help change, which I think is really yeah. Important. So and and I'll, and I'll further add for for forgot to add that a portion of each watch sale does go to a nonprofit called Color of Change, which supports those initiatives and creates campaign around social injustice. So that that social component is there and you know we we are adamant and, and really focused on pushing that message forward i love that man good job kudos congratulations to you what what kind of successes have you seen so far with the watch company and with the reband has anything kind of popped off or or is everything still kind of you know chugging along as it's been it's early in the game early in the game but i think that um you know it, it all goes back to purpose for me, man. I think that, um, you know, the, these projects that I'm taking on, everything that I'm doing has to have a strong reasoning as to why I'm in it in the first place. And and with the Clarity brand and kind of everything that I've done to revamp it, um, it's just made that purpose for me much stronger. And, um, you know, this is something I see myself doing essentially the rest of my life and, and trying to grow this brand out and, and, and make it something that's huge and impactful um, and really just focused on giving back to the world. Hell yeah, man. Give back. That's the way you can get a lot too, which is always very important. So kudos to you, Malcolm. I absolutely love it. So let's um let's shift the topic, man. Let's talk about this second book. So you have another book. So you're a two-time author now, which is pretty damn yeah. cool. First book again, Lessons from the Game. Second book, Impact Beyond the Game. What um what was the reasoning? Why'd you why'd you want to write a second book? What was it? What what sparked the uh the creativity and the uh the, the necessity to do it? Yeah, really good question. I, I would say, you know, I've, I've studied athletes' brands for a number of years and, and just as technology and social media has begun to evolve the importance of, um, you know, an athlete's perception, how people see them in the world and, and their their ability to tar- articulate their stories and communicate who they are outside of the jersey has become way more important. And, you know, I look back on some of the things that I wish I would have did differently during my, my athletic career and some of the resources I wish I would have had. And so I wanted to write a book that addressed and bridged the gap between those two things and really um, showed athletes how to maximize their value. Because, you know, that window of influence is so short for every athlete. And once it's closed, it's closed. And that attention is not there anymore. So what are you doing to capitalize on your platform during your playing careers? And how do you carry that over into life after sports? And that's really what Impact Beyond the Game is about, you know, providing specific tactics, strategies, um, and different methods that athletes can utilize, uh, you know, whether that's online or offline and then providing a lot of examples of athletes who have done it well and athletes who haven't. And uh, that that's what it is. It's a blueprint. And, and you know, the feedback has been really good, um, you know, from from people who support athletes, athletes in general, and just trying to spread the word and spread this message about um, empowering athletes their, through their brands and, and through their platforms and really getting them to leverage it more effectively. Yeah, I think it's awesome, man. I mean, it's it's a, a lot of what you're doing with your business and heck, why not just kind of, you know, take all the expertise, you know, and, and get the information out there. So everyone knows you're the guy to come to. And I think it's really important, right? We spoke about it last time. I've spoken about it with other people. We're going to talk a little bit about it again. Athletes, you know, we, we think of the Tom Brady's of the world. We think of the Patrick Mahomes, the Sean Watson's of the world. But we don't think of, you know, that fourth string running back, that practice squad guy and understanding that 
he was huge in high school, right? Like you don't accidentally make it to a practice squad in the NFL. We're talking 1% of 1% at this point. So that dude somewhere was a a monster in high school. And then he went Mm -hmm. to college and was probably pretty damn good in college too, right? Like those, we, we think about those fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, undrafted guys. Some of those dudes were monsters. It's just, they're not ripe for the NFL game. They're a little bit better for the college game. So they get some sort of understanding. They get some awareness. They get people to know who they are and what they do. And then they don't know what to do with it because they sure. then think that they're going to be the number one guy in the NFL, which we all know is impossible because there's only, you know, 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. So it's very right. difficult. Uh, 33, I guess, Mitch Trubisky, shout out Mitch Trubisky. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's it, it's really difficult for these guys to really continue to progress the way they do and, and understanding where you come from. How have do and and because this is going to be a weird part, like, have you made any specific pieces of this book about the new NIL, the name image likeness opportunities that are coming with college? Or did you try to avoid that topic with the understanding that's not really implemented yet? We all just kind of know it's coming because the NCAA will crumble without it. Like, how did you kind of handle that topic? Or did you try and go a little bit more general? I tried to go a little bit more general. Um, I think that NIL is something that I foresaw a number of years ago. And it's part of the reason why I wanted to write the book, because I knew these changes were coming at some point. I just didn't know when. So the the timing for the book couldn't have been any better. But um, I, I wanted the book to just provide tactics for all athletes. And I think it's really applicable to anybody, really, when it comes to building a personal brand. But um, you know, as name, image, and likeness, we kind of transform into this new world for student athletes. It's definitely going to be a huge resource because of, you know, just a lot of the specific tactics and strategies will be um, useful for a lot of student athletes and them being able to monetize their platforms and figure out different ways that they could uh, build their brands and build awareness and, and maximize their opportunity as college athletes. So try to stay away from it a little mm-hmm. bit, but it, it, it'll definitely be helpful for, for athletes of all, all levels. Hell yeah, man. I love that. Get that book in some college kids' hands. Hopefully it's the one book that they read that year and make a couple yeah. bucks. That's I the never challenge right there. <laughs> uh, we'll see, getting, man. Getting but, them to read. <laughs> yeah, that's probably... Well, I mean, if you tell them, hey, there's $10,000 in this book, you just have to find it. Uh, I think that might be a good way of going about it. But um, yeah, man, I mean, I think, I think it's such a cool opportunity college kids have now. I mean, I can understand not wanting to pay college kids directly because that gets real fuzzy real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that you can tell some kicker that his YouTube page can't be monetized, but me as just like a regular student, my YouTube page can be monetized. Not that it is yet, but I'll get there one of these days. But just the fact that you you just make that distinction because somebody plays a sport versus somebody doesn't, but they're both students of the same university. That's really my only argument against NIL is like, it's stupid. Not not against it for it is just how can you say that those two things are not equal? Um, in any capacity. So I just never understood that. And hopefully now it's changing and we're seeing it change real quick. Uh, Texas already uh, like signed to a specific uh, agency. I think Oklahoma state created their own agency, or maybe I got those reversed. Um, I'm actually going to have someone on the show, Chase Garrett, who actually built out an entire system for uh, college kids and and college student athletes for the NIL. uh, So that way they can apply to potentially start to work with brands without kind of running into too much um, um, difficulty, which is interesting. So it changes very, very quickly, which, Mm -hmm. hey, man, I'm all for it. Let the kids get paid. They're the ones doing getting on the field. They're the, all, they're the ones that their career is going to be 2.5 years long. So it right. is um it is pretty crazy. And so for 
writing this book. So I actually just finished my first manuscript. I have my first book is going to be published in December, which I'm extremely, extremely excited. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to get a book in your hand. It'll be a lot of fun. But what's the process like the second time around? I mean, like, was it that much easier? Was it that much harder? Was it more fun? Because I'm already thinking about second, third, fourth books I want to write, right? But let's, let's get through the first one first. So how, how was that like just going through this process again, how much easier or more difficult was it the second time around? Yeah, say it's, it's, it's like it's like getting a tattoo. Once you get one, you got to get another. So <laughs> for me, it was it was a little bit it was it was very different. Um, and I would say a little bit easier. But writing is something that has always come really naturally to me. Mm-hmm. So the writing part really wasn't the the most challenging aspect. It was more so the editing. Um, but I would say I went about the whole like the entire bookmaking process very differently than I did the first one. Um, I mean, this I had a team behind me. I had. Uh, more people helping to edit the book. I had better uh, designers for the cover. Um, it was just more meticulous and, and really just well thought out. And even you know everything from the the marketing to um, you know just every every single aspect of the book was really well thought out. And and the team that I worked with was very strong and very professional. So uh, went about it really differently. And I think that was a big reason why I was able, uh, fortunate enough to hit the Amazon bestseller list and. Uh, why the book has gotten, you know, really positive feedback so far. So, uh, yeah, it was different. It was definitely different from the first one. Uh, well, hey, man, I'm glad it worked a little bit better this time, it sounds like, uh, with that yeah. team of people. That's one thing. Like, I t- I write like I talk, so it's just a bunch of run-on sentences, so that's pretty difficult. So I'm very grateful I got a couple editors to be able to look at this and make sure it's at least coherent thoughts and not just me rambling, so I'm excited. But it sounds like that is really um, really great on your end, man, and I'm excited to uh, get to check this one out too. And again, hopefully be able to share some of that wisdom with others as, as we're doing today. Um, so, so the fact that this one is more in line, I guess, with you know what you have been preaching in terms of your business and what you've been trying to do, has this helped land any business yet again i know that this is only it's only been out for a couple a uh, couple minutes at this point but have you seen any direct correlation or or have you been able to send this to prospects maybe i feel like this is a great like hey man just just check this out read it mm-hmm. if you like it keep it do your thing but if you need any help you know i'm over here i can help you out like how how have you taken advantage of this from not just selling books to make money but you know getting this book out here becoming a thought leader and then trying to develop business from it yeah, I think that's one of the common misconceptions that people have when it comes to books is that they think that you're going to sell, you write a book and people are just going to buy and you're right. going to sell a lot of copies. Yeah, that's not how it works. The, the odds are you're not going to sell yeah. probably more than 500 copies. But the way that you leverage the book to either get speaking opportunities or clients for your company um, or whatever the press, whatever the case might be, it's how you use the book to get something else. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely say that it's the book has already afforded me, um, you know, numerous opportunities from speaking um, on, you know, panels to uh, doing virtual panels with, um, you know, universities and just talking to student athletes. So things of that nature. Um, and then just me giving the book away for free, uh, allowing myself to kind of build relationships with people um, and, and just provide something that I think might be useful and, and a resource that might be helpful to, to them. And so uh, you got to look at a book as like a business card and not mm-hmm. look at it as something to make money with. And, and I think that's the misconception that most people have when it comes to book. You got to leverage it in other ways and not try to make, you know, sell a bunch of copies. So um, it's, it's definitely afforded me opportunities so far and just looking for ways to keep that momentum going. 
Exactly. Right. We're, we're not going to make all that money off a book. Like it's not, it doesn't quite work that way anymore. Unfortunately, while I had a blast writing this and I think being a career author is awesome. I really don't think it's going to happen for me, unfortunately. So hopefully again, you know, once my second, third, fourth book comes out in a few years, we'll see what happens there. But no, I totally agree with you, man. It's, it's the speaking engagements that's come from it. It's the opportunity to get in front of way more people, the opportunity to network. I love how you say it's like a business card now. Well, it's a very in-depth business card. You can learn a lot yeah. about me by reading through this business card. And I think, again, it, it, it puts you at the front of the line, right? Like if people know you wrote a book on a topic, immediately they're going to think, well, that means he knows about it. Exactly. All I did was interview a bunch of people for my book and, and really just grabbed all the experts in the room. And I was able to then compile that and put that out there. And that's that's the, the goal and the, the path that I'm taking. And that at least puts me in contact with those people at a minimum. Totally cool. The people I got to talk to was amazing. I'm sure the same thing for you. It was, you know, the people you get to talk to just through the book writing process was cool. After you sell a few copies, that's even better. That's cherry on top right at that point. So sure. I think it's uh, pretty darn cool. And in terms of marketing right like obviously you're here that's kind of cool let's get the word out there let's get the message out there we'll have a couple hundred people hopefully see this notice this and you can sell a couple copies of the book so anybody watching or listening again it will be in the Please show notes it grab it. yes you will you'll be able to grab it on amazon <laughs> i promise you that but how how did you go about the marketing as you said you had a great team of people behind you what did you do and how were you able to go about marketing the book and and push the word out there that not only you did it what it's about but how it will then be able to help others and add the value to them yeah to me marketing really starts before you even start writing the book you got to understand what your primary objective is with the book what you're trying to get out of it who this book is for and why would they even want it in the first place and that's that's the beginning process and then you know once you actually start the writing and you're getting closer to the, to the point where you're about to complete the book then you got to actually start putting it out into the world and that should be at least three months in advance so people can start to you know expect it and you can build that momentum and so um, I was able, I didn't do this with my first book and, and with this book, we definitely had a strategy in place and really started that marketing process like three, four months in advance. And that allowed me to kind of build that, that steam way, um, once the book was actually released. And then, uh, when it's, once it's actually released that week, you know, it's just a lot of social media push, a lot of, um, you know, sending copies in, in advance to people who I think could provide some reviews or some feedback and, um, you know, just really just getting the word out in any way possible, you know, providing some ex excerpts on LinkedIn. And so, uh, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a COVID world, you have to kind of think uh, outside of the box and really be creative with your marketing strategies, because even though everybody's online, because uh, they're not doing anything else, um, it's, it's so much harder to break through the noise and to really get capture someone's attention. So um, just thinking of different, you know, unique ways I can kind of promote it and uh, doing things to me that are unscalable. So, you know, sending 10, 10 direct messages on each social media platform a day, uh, just asking people to check out the book or if I can send them a free copy, uh, things of that nature. So, you know, it's just putting in the work, putting in the work day in and day out and making sure that, um, you know, all of the work that you put into the process, uh, the project continues to go on through the marketing and, and building that awareness long term. I really love how you said the unscalable, um, because I think that is the opposite of what everyone's trying to do. Everyone's trying to do everything at scale. Like that's tech, right. that's startups. It's no, no, no. We have to take this from zero to 5 million in three days. How do we do that? When in reality, something like this, as you said, we're not, we didn't write books to become, you know, millionaires by writing a book. That's not really how it works anymore. It's everything that comes with it. And understanding that 
you then say, okay, I'm going to direct message 10 people a day or whatever number you choose, or I'm going to send this uh, with, you know, a handwritten note to this many people because, uh, you know, I appreciate the hell out of them and, and want them to see it. I think that is a such a great idea, especially again, when you send it to Mr. Rich Paul over at Clutch Sports and tell him about a little bit of what you're doing. I think that's going to help a lot even more, man. But no, I think that's a great, great idea and really just kind of pushing it in a way. I just love how you said unscalable, just pushing it to specific, specific people, not, you know, obviously you want the masses to hear it. Of course, you're going to come on opportunities like this. Not that I'm, you know, in front of 10,000 people every day. It'll be cool when I am, but until then I'll have you back on again. Don't worry. I appreciate one you. One day soon. <laughs> one of these days, man, one of these days, I promise you that. But when that opportunity, you know, the opportunity to do small little things like this, maybe hop on a local radio station, go to your local newspaper, these small little things, they all add up. But specifically, I think just reaching out to individuals and saying, hey, I really think this book can provide value for you. You know, I'm sending you a free copy. I would love it if you could just review it for me. I think that part is huge. And I'm going to steal that if that's OK. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and these are things that people aren't you know, necessarily willing to do. You know, they're not willing to put in the work to, you know, build, uh, you know, since we're on the topic of brands, build a sustainable brand or build, uh, you know, awareness for the long term. And. Uh, you just got to be willing to do the work. And that, that's really what it comes down to. So it's, it's all about effort. I love it, man. Good stuff, Malcolm. Any Anything else from the second book writing process that you've been through? I think we covered a lot of it, but any, any other nuggets of wisdom you want to leave with anybody out there? Oh, man. I, <laughs> writing a book isn't for the faint of heart. I'll tell you that. But it's probably one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done twice in my life now. So, uh, you know, just... You know, if, you, if, you, if you're going to do it, stick to it um, and, and, and really break down, uh, break down the process. Don't kind of overwhelm yourself with the thought of writing a book, break it into day by day steps. And it's, it's definitely attainable for everybody. And it's something I feel everybody should do at least once in their life because we all got stories to tell. Everybody's got a story to tell. That's why I love this show so much because I get to talk to people like you. Malcolm, give us the book name one more time. Where can everyone get it? Social media is giving it all to us. Impact Beyond the Game, you can get it in Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, Target, any major book retailer. I uh, would really love you know, for anybody to check it out. Any feedback would be really appreciated. And you can find me on every social media platform at Malcolm Lemons. Um, or send me an email at MalcolmLemons.com uh, or info at MalcolmLemons.com. My website is MalcolmLemons.com. You know, hit me up. I'm very responsive. So. I love it. And I'm going to get all those links. I'm going to get all those notes and everybody listening on the podcast, everybody on YouTube over there, you'll be able to see it and hear it as well. Malcolm Lemons, founder of Clarity Sports Group and Clarity Watches, as we said, author of Lessons from the Game, book number one, and his brand new book, number one, Amazon bestseller, Impact Beyond the Game. Malcolm, appreciate your time today, man. Mike, appreciate it, man. Take care. Yes.